Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Michael Sears, the award-winning author of the Jason Stafford series, the third of which, Long Way Down, was released earlier this year. Michael, welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me, Steve. I have been aware of you for a couple of years. I've seen you at conferences. We've chatted a couple times at conferences. Yes. And yep. I never knew what you wrote. And that's one <laughs> of the reasons that I'm doing this show. Not, not for me, but for there are so many new books that come out that even for people like me that are voracious readers, that are huge fans of specific subgenres of crime fiction, I miss things. And I am a huge fan of the financial thriller. And I did not know until I was research, doing the research for this and, and reading, starting to read Long Way Down, that you wrote financial stuff. So I, I will admit here to stopping reading Long Way Down and going back and buying the first book in the series, and I'm halfway through it now, <laughs> because I, when I know that I'm going to like something, I want to, read it, I want to read the series from the beginning. So that's where I'm at. And that's one of the reasons we do this show, is because there are so many new books out there and so many great new books, like the stuff that you're writing, that they can slip through unnoticed. And unfortunately, this slipped through unnoticed for me. So anyway, uh, I'm glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit about uh, Jason Stafford and this wonderful series that you're writing. Um, Jason Stafford uh, is a uh, ex-Wall Street uh, managing director. Um, a uh, he'd be, he was the head of uh, foreign exchange trading for a major bank. And um, when we first meet him in Black Fridays, he is coming out of prison after having served a two-year sentence for financial fraud. And uh, when he gets out, um, the, uh, he finds he's, he's essentially unemployable, except um, for being able to uh, dig out financial fraud at other firms. And that's, that's what he does. Um, that's the, the MacGuffin behind all of the books uh, <laughs> that uh, he's... Uh, and, and and there's plenty of opportunities and, and plenty of ways to twist that. So Oh, you could carry this book uh, on for a long time, or this series, that's for sure. And he has a son. He has a son and an ex-wife um, who has essentially uh, abandoned the son because uh, he's, um, he's autistic and he's quite a handful. And um, uh, Jason, without giving it a whole lot of thought... Um, uh, elects to be the single parent of this child, and um, it uh, um, it's the best thing that ever happened to him. And it's one of the themes that runs through the book. This whole bond, or through the through the series, this whole bonding between Jason and his son. It's um, and, and some of the challenges yeah. involved in in raising an autistic child, obviously. Right. Um, it, it's uh, Jason. Um, <sighs> In, in his past life, his pre-prison life, was a, um, uh, a, a fairly cold individual who uh, didn't give a lot of thought to, to uh, emotions other than, than fear and greed. And, um, and he now uh, is challenged every day uh, raising this, uh, this son who um, has, uh, has a lot of issues. 
Now, before we get into the new book, Long Way Down, let's talk for a few minutes about your background, which makes you uniquely qualified to write books like this. Well, um, like Jason Stafford, I was a managing director on Wall Street. I, uh, I worked in the bond market um, for 20-some years. Um, I started my career in foreign exchange, though. And um, as a matter of fact, um, I, the first book, Black Fridays, uh, has a, a, a the, the financial fraud in it, um, was actually something that, that I, uh, I knew about from my working days. Because my first job in, in foreign exchange, um, I was there for a year or so and then moved on and eventually went shifted to the bond market. But 20 years later, I picked up the Wall Street Journal, and here was this article about 50 um, traders in the foreign exchange market who had been arrested the night before in an FBI sweep. And I ran my eye down the list and realized I had known some of these folks. <laughs> So that's that's one way of saying that while you have some of the background of, of your protagonist, uh, not all of it, you haven't spent uh, two years in jail, for example. No, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it's, it's not autobiographical in that regard, no. Well, the, the financial crime, and I don't want to give anything away from Black Fridays, but the financial crime that got Jason in trouble was something that was so incremental. It's, it's something that's it would be easy for any of us to imagine going – yeah, I could do this like for a day or so, and and then it just kind of goes on and on and on, and all of a sudden he's in jail. Yes, and uh, I and 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 I believe that that um, an awful lot of, uh, of of what we we see as Wall Street crime um, is people making a mistake and um, and then making another one on top of it. Not that they have deliberately set out to uh, to mastermind some evil thing that that, that uh, the opportunities for fraud are, are and then this dealing are, are are rampant the opportunities are there all the time it takes a strong man not to um, fall into that trap all right so black Fridays is was your first book you won the Seamus award for the best first P.I. novel. Did I, did I get that right? Do I have the award right for that? That's right, yes. That's uh, not a bad way to start your writing career. <laughs> uh, Black Fridays was, was nominated for uh, five awards um, that year, uh, including the Edgar for Best uh, Debut, and, um, and I was really thrilled to, to, uh, to win the Seamus Award. Um, and, and I called my mother, I called my wife first, but I called my mother next to tell her that I had won it. And um, she said, oh, you won the Irish Award. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second book, Mortal Bonds, you won the Silver Falchion Award. Uh, Yes, at uh, at, uh, the Killer Nashville um, Festival. And uh, and that was that was also a thrill. That's uh, um, it's a great, great festival that, uh, that they run every year. It really is. So you're you're on kind of a roll. You've you've won an award for each of the first two books. We're at the third book now, Long Way Down, which was released in uh, February. In February. And yeah. uh, released to wide critical acclaim. Tell us uh, the story behind Long Way Down. Uh, Long Way Down continues uh, the, the the story of of Jason and his son. Um, there's a, a different kind of crime that I wanted to. 
to approach in each each one of the books in a, in a different way of looking at at uh, things on Wall Street. The second book, Mortal Bonds, um, had to do with uh, uh, the fallout from a uh, a Madoff-like uh, scheme. Long way down is uh, um, the next step in it, and without giving too much away. Now, the whole idea of the Ponzi scheme has been with us for years, um, and I think a lot of people who don't pay attention to this kind of thing maybe think that uh, the first time it ever happened was was Madoff, but it's it's been happening. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> How it was? Is his name Charles Ponzi? Do I have that right? Yeah. Um, I, uh... Carlo or, or Charles um, uh, Ponzi, yes. Uh, and this is back, oh, early 1900s. Um, and uh, he, he came up with uh, this story about uh, taking stamps and turning them in, and, and it, he could return 40% in three months' time or something like that. And he convinced a lot of people to um, invest with him, and he was just paying off the first people with the guys who came in later, there was, there was never any investment at all. And, um, and, and poor Charles there got, got labeled with it as it's now called a Ponzi scheme, but um, there've been tons of these over the years. And it's just amazing that, that uh, people do continue even after Madoff, there's still more of them all the time. And, and people continue to fall for them. It 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 really is is fascinating to me because these aren't stupid people that are falling for this. In in most cases, they're extremely wealthy. They've they're smart enough to have made the money in many cases, and yeah. there's just this sense of I, I don't tell me if this is right or not. But it it seems like there's this sense of almost entitlement because I'm so smart. I have uncovered this investment opportunity that others have not uncovered. And um, <laughs> a, a certain smugness about it, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the brilliant things that, that, that Madoff did was he didn't promise 40% or 100% returns. He promised 14%, which was on the high side, but it wasn't really outrageous. Um, and... Uh, and and people thought, oh yeah, this this could be done. Um, it, it couldn't. It, it really wasn't possible. <laughs> when I I live in Naples, Florida, which is a, a wealthy retiree community in Southwest Florida, and the year that I moved down here, there was this really high flying investment advisor who blew up. He was running a Ponzi scheme. And it it happened like six months after he had closed off the ritziest part of town and held his annual party. And that was my exposure to big money in Southwest Florida. And then 20 years later, it happened again with another guy. And it's, it's just the whole cyclical nature of this. And some of the same people that were involved in the first fund were involved in the second fund. And it just... It it seems oh. crazy and it seems inconceivable that people would do this, but it just keeps happening. And it is great fodder for fiction. And and um, and you know, how do you protect yourself against this? Well, you know, know who you're dealing with all the time. Um, Madoff took in all of his friends and and um, and. <laughs> Goodness sake, yeah. you know, it was, uh, 
All right. When you, when you were on Wall Street and, and going about this business on a daily basis, the crazy business of, of trading all the things that you trade that, that create these, and as, as we learn in the books, these huge swings in profits and losses on a, on a nearly daily basis, did you have time to read financial thrillers back then? Um, I, uh, yes, and, and enjoyed them very much. Um, Paul Erdman. Yes. Um, was uh, um, probably one of the reasons I, I, I uh, started trading was uh, I was so fascinated by by that and it um, and I was reading Paul Erdman while I was in business school and, and so I started gravitating toward toward those kinds of classes and and that kind of a career. And he really did have a flair for bringing that all to life as you do in in these books and it's 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 a yep. unique talent. Because you have you have to be able to take something that's really complicated and make it understandable, and and yet not bury um, the, the 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 reader in, in minutia about it that to the point that my sister is one of my my readers, mm-hmm. um, and uh, my sister's really smart, um, a college professor smart, mm-hmm. PhD smart. And she kept saying, well, I don't understand. You've got to give me more. And I finally said, it's not a how-to book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thriller. It's an entertainment. So. Oh. Oh. And you're right. With a thriller, you want to keep people turning the pages, and you have to give them just enough information so that they understand what's going on, but not too much. And that's a fine line you have to walk in a book like yes, this. Yes, it is. Yep. In a series yep. like this in general. And, and I, I know that... that um, you know, people have written to me asking and then saying, well, I didn't get all the financial stuff, but, um, I, I got the, 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 the fact that it was important, the fact that, that, you know, there was, there was, uh, great emotions involved and, um, and if they got that out of it, great. They 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 got the they got the adrenaline rush that uh, that mm-hmm. I wanted them to. And I I will admit that in reading Paul Erdman's books, uh, there were there were some times when I didn't completely understand what was going on, but I didn't care to take the time to look it up. I just wanted to turn the page and get on with the story. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, I saw online that you published your first novel, which was Black Fridays, at age sixty-one. Gosh, yes, that's true. Is that could that possibly be true? Yeah. Because I've met you, you're clearly younger than that. Oh, obviously I am. Yes, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I started counting down when I hit fifty-five. <laughs> Good idea. So. Well, I. I... I remark on that because I'm 58, closing in on 59, and I'm on my fifth manuscript now, none of which have been good enough to publish. So I'm hoping to have something by the time I reach age 61 so that I can oh. uh, accomplish what you've accomplished. <laughs> that, that's, that's great. Keep going. Keep going. It, it is. I don't think people have any idea how, how different trying to learn something like this later in life is. So how did you actually go about it? That you, you retired from Wall Street, and I'd read where you'd always wanted to write, and what did you do? How did you do it? Um, I, 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 I wrote uh, every vacation I'd write about it and send a, a something out to the, the extended family, mm-hmm. uh, or I'd write uh, short stories for the kids. Um, and uh, 
And so when I, I, I left Wall Street, I said, I'm just going to give myself this, uh, this time to just um, take a class, a creative writing class, and just see where it goes. And in the back of my head at the time was, boy, if I ever got like a short story published, that would be just so cool. <laughs> yes. um, and, um, and over the next few years, I, I uh, kept plugging at it and, um, and got invited into a, a private workshop uh, run by a woman named Jennifer Bell. And um, it was a really great workshop and uh, uh, there are now a bunch of books that have come out of that workshop, and um, and I, I I I don't work with them anymore. But um, that's that's really what what changed things the most for me was working in that. And I I will admit now to being thrilled that you said after a few years. So it wasn't like you retired, sat down to write, and three months later had a publishing contract. And, and there's there's uh, plenty of false starts uh, that are that are you know still in file folders and um, and a, a a nearly completed book that will be part of my legacy to my children and will never <laughs> never see the light of day during my lifetime. One of those, yes, I completely understand that. Michael, what's the best way for people to keep up with you and your work? Uh, people that are interested in financial thrillers and and want to want to follow you. Um, I uh, I do update the website and and, uh, and that's at www.michaelsears.com. That's right. Yep. And um, and also I'm on Facebook. Um, uh, have a Michael Sears author page there, and um, and there I tend to do quick updates of, of you know this is where I'll be today or you know this is. Um, you know, this is what I'm working on right now, or that kind of thing. Okay, and I will have links to both those in the show notes. Michael, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I am really loving this series, and I, I can't wait to work my way through the whole thing. It's it's always a treat for me when I can find a new series that has multiple books and go to the beginning and just work my way through it. Enjoy. Thank you very much, Steve. This has been great. Thank you. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and leave a rating or a review. Those will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like Long Way Down from Michael Sears. Thanks for listening.